What's up, guys? It is Hot Take without the Hot Take wow. here, and let us explain. Uh, <laughs> we, do explain. Yeah. So we've been we've been we, gone. Well, isolation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So one of us. I got one of us has, has got yeah. COVID. Yeah. I I had COVID. I had COVID. It wasn't me. So, so yeah, okay. Yeah. Thanks for making that clear. That's so, why we. So, I'm not having. So time. I had COVID. Uh, we couldn't be in the same room to record. No. And we haven't released new episodes. Sorry about that. But we're back. And we've got a lot to talk about, so let's not dawdle any longer. Let's get straight to it. What do we know about the Final Four? So, a lot has happened in March Madness. Since last time we spoke, we were approaching the Sweet 16. And St. Pete was on a run. We were running along, and St. Pete's like, bubble burst. Just like every other Cinderella story. Butler, named one of them. Yeah, yeah it's all They gone. made it to the Elite Eight, but... They couldn't do it for yeah, long. Yeah, that's it. So, but it was in a good run. It was well, another not, amazing not, run. Well, not to mention Gonzaga. Gonzaga's oh, Gonzaga. Exactly what go, go, Gonzaga is Gonzaga. They choke every single year. Yeah, they're the bridesmaid, but never the bride. Yes. But so now we're left yeah. with the final four: Villanova, UNC, Duke, and Kansas. Right. So it's going to be Duke and UNC taking each other on. That should be a really great. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a game. I hate Duke with. Passion. Yeah, we know that. But I don't care for UNC that much either. So you have Coach K in his last, possibly his last game, game against UNC against Hubert Davis, first year UNC coach, former UNC player. Yep. It should be interesting. Um, uh, I see. Honestly, I see Duke taking it because really, I think they just have the, the star talent. Yeah. I think when. In those moments, star players stand up. And yeah. if Paulo Boncaro stays healthy yeah. and is effective yeah. and UNC can't shut him down, I think it's it's end game for UNC. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think that Duke's probably got the most... They've just got more They've got team. more star talent. Yeah. Paulo so, Boncaro is a top five pick. So, yeah, I would say Duke might get that one. Uh, the next game is Villanova and Kansas. This I is think be really I good. have a feeling Villanova might get the upset here, really? because Kansas is a poor shoot, three point shooting team. Mm-hmm. They cannot shoot threes, yeah. and Villanova they attack and they attack quickly. Yeah. So I think if Kansas can't hit threes, can't buck the trend and hit some threes, they're gonna lose. So I think the the national championship game will be Villanova versus Duke. Okay, Villanova and Duke. All right, next question I'm looking at is, did the Colts upgrade with the recent signing of Matt Ryan? They, di- they did, but it comes with an asterisk. <laughs> Only for a year. He's Think about this, right? He's how old? 35, 36. 36. He's only got like one year of okay play left in him before age starts to catch up with him. I think they've only upgraded for about a year. Before, before it um, it happens. But Atlanta pre- basically blown the whole thing to bits. They had to do it. They've incurred a massive dead cap. But then again, they had to do it. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's an upgrade. This is a former MVP. This is a this is a guy who took you know this is a guy who should have been the Super Bowl champion. But they need but we know what happened. They here. need they need a long term yeah, option. But right now, this is the thing. Obviously, and it's still it's still reported in Deadspin that Jim Irsay is probably still muttering to himself and anybody else that'll listen about Carson Wentz and how they screwed the pooch on that one. Well, so there was obviously some issues with Carson Wentz's no, personality no, no, and leadership. That's what no, I think. No, Jim, you didn't screw up with Carson Wentz. You screwed up by neglecting Andrew Luck's problems no, for years. Yeah, yeah. So That's where you screwed up. I, I don't. I don't. Agree. I disagree that you believe that Matt Ryan's only got. 
you know, well, a year or two. I think you know. You I got, don't know. He you fit. got you got you got guys like Tom Brady's age Look, who are still playing. But Tom, I still Tom, say, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. I say a couple of things. I think you know all the Colts needed was an experienced quarterback because they have everything else. So Matt Ryan's going to experience. I think the benefits of having a decent offensive line, pretty good running back, a good offensive good line. Offense. They have a good offensive and line and some wide receivers to throw to. So that's you know, if that's if they keep, can keep Ty Hilton around. I just think it's I think it's an upgrade because obviously like and I they said, have the they have the best running back in the league in Jonathan Taylor right so I think it's a, a bonus and look it's, it's an upgrade That's well it's I don't know I don't see him being that Tom Brady All right, type next uh, what's um, what does the return of Jameis mean for the Saints I think this means they can they can definitely they tried to make a play for Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and they didn't end up getting him I think that if they had made that play for Deshaun Watson. Their window could have been wide the hell open. But they've restructured a lot of contracts to become compliant. So they're back They're back at the cap. So I think Jameis, in the games he played this, this past season, looked good. He wasn't going back to his turnover-happy ways. He was playing solid football. And I think he had a lot more confidence because he was behind a better offensive line than he was in... In um in Tampa, which they which they had a pretty bad offensive line, yeah. and um he's he's got some good weapons to play with, um excluding Alvin Kamara. We don't know what's happening with that, okay. and whether the yeah. le- legal implications will happen with that. Yeah. But um I think if if they can sort of if they can reassemble the defense in the draft, mm-hmm. I think that's their main issue. I think they could do something. Right. They could be they could be a mid tier team. Okay. There's one thing that says, it says that, a couple things, they were trying for Deshaun Watson and maybe perhaps other quarterbacks, (coughs) and also the second thing for me is they don't have faith in Taysom Hill being a starter. That's what it tells me. No, they don't. That's what it tells me. And he wants out anyway. That's exactly what it tells me. He doesn't want to play anyway. So so. so it tells me that, I think that bringing him back, you wanted some level of stability at the quarterback position. Dennis Allen's not an offensive guy, he's a defensive guy. So I think, you know, for, for the Saints, it's just, you know, it's bringing back some familiarity. All right. What's next for Jimmy Garoppolo and especially Baker Mayfield? So now there are quarterbacks who are without a job. And or, or, or who, who were expected to be moved and haven't been moved. Hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Because Baker Mayfield has demanded a trade and he's still... He's still there. He's, he's still, still the he's still there. He's still out in the wind. He's still at Cleveland, mm-hmm. and he's not going to be the starter. We so it's going to be interesting. Um, Jimmy Jesus, I in terms of Jimmy Jesus, I think he will be the starter for San Fran. Um, Trey Lance, they're going to con- continue to keep developing him. I think Trey Lance has got an in- incredible amount of upside, but he's still raw. He was raw coming out of the draft. I think he's going. He needs a lot of development, but they're probably going to give him a lot more reps uh, this year, and they're going to give him a couple more starts this upcoming season. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he's out there, but I believe that he'll be back in San Francisco. It's better the devil, you know. I don't think that San Francisco is going to go to say Trey Lance saying, "Here are the keys to the car, drive it." I think he's still a learner, and I think he's still going to be that guy yeah. learning as we go. I think Jimmy G's back. As far as Baker Mayfield goes, there's still teams that need a quarterback. You know, Carolina still needs a quarterback. We know that. They, I don't think they're going to go with either Cam Newton or Sam Darnold. 
you still have Seattle out there. Is Drew Locke going to be your guaranteed starter? So I think there are teams out there that still need a starting quarterback, and I, I really believe that Baker Mayfield will get a starting role somewhere else. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of crazy how things happened in Cleveland so quickly for him. To go from starter to now, not starters, but I think yeah. that's the wait and see. But right. I feel bad for Baker Mayfield. Right next, Does, I got this one. Yep, you got it. Does the addition of Tyreek Hill help the Dolphins and his loss hurt the Chiefs? Okay, this helps the Dolphins 100%. Um, Jalen Waddle has the potential to be a headliner, but not yet. I think he showed flashes, but not yet. Um, I think this hurts the Chiefs big time because they – I. If you'll remember, back in the last episode when they got Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm like, great, that's another weapon for their offense. He's a certified number three, maybe number two receiver. When he's around a guy that can create separation for himself, i.e. A.B. in 2017 and 18, he does really well. He can be a great wide receiver when he's with a guy that can create separation for himself. Mm -hmm. Because Juju can't create space for himself. But Because I was like, okay, they have Tyreek Hill. But now they traded Tyreek Hill for, okay, they got a... King's ransom, but what do they do? Who's their headliner now? McCole Hardman? It's definitely not going to be there. They think it's Juju Smith Schuster. It's not going to be Juju. I'll tell you that much. Pittsburgh fans can tell you all about it. Um, they thought he was going to be the headliner, and he was ineffective when he became the headliner. Um, it's probably going to be McCole Hardman who will be their headliner. But this, the, what do they do with the passing game? They're probably going to go by committee, maybe, but. Well, I, don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be by committee. Look, I, I think you can't pass up opportunities. Sometimes you have to make those decisions. And there's not a lot. Of, there's not. There's only so much money that can go around. He was still under contract for a year, though. I know, but that's the thing. It's the decision that every team has to make, which is, do you roll the dice and say, let's play one more year and let's lose you to free agency where you're going to leave eventually anyway, or do we get something for you now. And I think that's where the Chiefs go. And it goes back to the, the massive Mahomes big contract. Well, that's it. You only have so much money. You've given Mahomes money. You've given Kelsey money. You don't have a lot left in spare change to give away. So for me... So now a lot it of... Makes, it makes... It look. I they're, think, they're, they're bringing in cost control draft picks, which isn't the best... Which isn't like... It's mainly crapshoots at this point. I believe that the pressure's on Tua right now. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he's been doing this kind of dinking, dinking, dunking <coughs> kind of game. Pass short here. six. Now you've got a guy who can extend the field, who can run, who can take the attention off of the receivers. They're going to test this arm now. I think this is going to be the test for Mike McDaniels. Yeah, they, they, I think the pressure's on Tua to see. Let's see what you were doing in Alabama. And that's going to translate now because... Now we're giving you a thoroughbred to, to add to your No, they, they need they really, really, really need him to develop that deep ball. Of course. If, okay. It, it all depends on uh, their Miami's success depends on Tua developing. All right, next. Um the trade of Marc Andre Flory to Minnesota means a good playoff run. Look, all right. So I want to go back to a specific date. To July fourth, two thousand twelve. The Minnesota Wild went into free agency wanting one of two players. They wanted either Ryan Suter from the Nashville Predators or Zach Parise from the New Jersey Devils, both quality free agents who could be fantastic on their team. Mm-hmm. In the end, they didn't just they didn't get just one. They got both. But here's the bill. 13 years, $93 million each. That was the amount they were paying. And they just recently bought them out. Next year... Those Suter and Parise buyout 
um, penalties will jump by $10 million each. $20 million combined. That's a lot. That's a third of their cap space. Yep. And right now, they have a superstar in Kirill Kaprizov leading the charge for the Wild. And they're not going to be able... They don't have a lot of depth this year on the Wild. And if you're, if you're an NHL team, you need depth to go far in the playoffs. Yep. I think this is a great trade for Minnesota. It gives them a guy with playoff experience, That's a cup, win, cup winning experience. Yeah. But I don't think they have enough to go deep. They're obviously banking on this year being the year that yeah. they can go deep with yeah. Kirill Kaprizov locked up for the next five years. Right. But the next year, how are they going to build around him? Because that again, a third of their cap will be eaten up by those Suter and Parise buyouts. Yeah. So. Not knowing what I know enough, I think that any any team that decides to go all in on a goalie is a couple of things. And that they gave up a first-round pick for they him. They are all in because of the idea that Marc-Andre Fleury is a pretty good goalie. And, and it's going to give you those stops that you need when you're going through droughts. It's not just that. It's not just that. They're not just going all in because of that. They're going all in on this year because yeah. they they're figured, okay... How are we going to build around Kirill? Kar- <coughs> how how are we going to build around Kirill Kaprizov this off season with yeah. a third of our cap being sent into no man's land? All right. For next, moving on. Uh, let's see. The U- uh, Universal DH yep. will change outcomes for the National League. Um, I mean, I know you you'll miss guys like Big Sexy hitting homers, but that. That era's ended. Thomas the, Bartolo uh, Colon. He look, used to be out there. Look, the only really good pitcher uh, who can hit in in the NL is Dick is Jacob Degrom. Yeah, I think that era's over. That pitchers can hit. That that era's been over for a while now. Yeah. I think the universal DH is a fantastic thing. It gives the it makes it will make the game better. It'll make the game better to watch in both leagues. When an AL team will be playing an NL team, NL teams playing each other, yeah. I think it looks better on the game. More base hits, more chances for scoring. I the game is better. Like last year, no hitters were fun to watch, but they became stale after a while when yeah. there were so many of them. Yeah. But now, if you can get more hits going with DHs in there in the NL, now we're gonna have a better product. And I think the both the players' union and the executives. Agreed, saying, yeah, we need to make this product better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a purist at heart. I, I suppose, you know, at one point the AL used to have, it used to be have pitchers hitting, then it switched over to NL. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a purist. I want to see how it looks because I think it, like I said, it sort of separated the idea. However, there being the idea of a pitcher hitting wasn't too un- unusual. You were more strategic. However, it's with an asterisk. Shohei will still be able to do his thing. Right. So, again, the rules apply except if you're showing. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I, I think I need to see how it looks because, you know, most of my life I've <coughs> seen it the way I've seen it with the National League and the American League being the difference in the fact that there's no DH, but now there is one. So, change is, a, change is an interesting beast, and we'll see how that goes. A fine of forty grand justified for Yusuf Nurkic throwing fans' phone. Now, uh, let's just give some context. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic has been out for a while now. Yeah. Um. So he was on the bench at in. Uh, I think it was either Indiana it was or Denver. Indiana. 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 Why does all the f- crappy fans come from Indiana? First, it was LeBron. Well, it's the now it's this. But sorry, sorry, don't knock to the Midwest. But it's the Midwest. But but um. So this fan 
was saying some really bad stuff to yeah. Yusuf Nurkic, particularly yeah. about his dead grandmother and his, fa- and his Died family. And Yusuf Nurkic responded by, after the game, going up to this, this guy... Not a guy, um, it, was a it was a kid grabbing his phone and throwing it and saying, you, you want to say that now? When right. standing over him yeah. and then walked away afterwards yeah. not putting any hands on him. Now, I think the league responded accordingly. Um, but also, what this? let's not get it twisted. I would have done the same thing if I was Yusuf Nurkic in this situation. I don't think he cares about the cash. I think it's not. about... Uh, no. I, I think fans... Have become so like we saw it in last year's playoffs where fans were just throwing stuff at players. I think fans have really since they've come back in and everything's gone back to full capacity now. Yeah, fans have really just been so entitled. Yeah, and I, so I, and so disgusting in their behavior yeah, towards I, 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 players. You're paying to see them work. Yeah. So why they're human beings at the end of the day? Why are you insulting them yeah. when they're trying to entertain you? Yeah, I'm. Um... I think it was a bit excessive. I would have said, well, you know, five grand, a couple of grand. I don't think 40 grand was really that, that point. The, the phone, I'm sure, was not worth 40 grand. No. And, you know, the fan was saying things, you know, from a distance. It's We've talked about this before where some fans feel so emboldened because they pay the ticket and they see players on the court and they get to heckle them from afar because there's a safe distance, you know, between the fan and the player. And no, you know, players aren't allowed to leave and... You know, we go back to the malice of the palace, which was malice of the palace, and and then you go a little bit back. You have Xavier. I think it was Vernon Maxwell punching a fan who allegedly called him the N word and and said some other stuff. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things. I think it's it's it's, I think the fan themselves, that fan, shouldn't be allowed to go back to a game. Oh no, you know that's going to happen. No, no, these fan. I I just think it's disgusting how some fans are acting now. Considering everything has gone back to yeah. normal, I just don't like right, it next whatsoever. Question here: Is it a surprise that Zion will not return this season? Oh God, no, it isn't. Despite the no. video of him doing the no. dunk, no, it isn't. But I think the Pels are being smart about this. Now, I ripped the Pels organization earlier in the year, but it seems that their trade deadline acquisitions have worked out pretty well. Oh, yeah, they're so ninth far. in the West right now. They're probably they're in the plan. They're, they're looking. They're they're looking good. They want to get better, and I think they made. I think they made. In hindsight, it's easy for me to sit here and say it now, but I was wrong about their moves. They made they they made a good acquisition at the deadline by grabbing CJ McCollum. Maybe a bit of an overpay, but they did a good job. And I think this gives one. And I think Zion, it's they're saying Zion, look, we want to win. Yeah. We want you here. And I and Zion looks happy to be at these games now, considering they're winning. So I think this is a really good move. In terms of their business and organizationally, to say to Zion, look, we want to win for you. Yeah. We're doing this now. I'm going to play it on the other side saying that was sort of a swipe at management, in my opinion. And I could be wrong. I just felt like showing him, it was, he did it on his own. He didn't have sanctioning from, the, from management to go ahead and do the dunk. Yep. But to go ahead and do it as if to say, I'm not the one stopping this. They're the one stopping me from getting on the court. I'm ready to go. Well, they want to so, be, They want to... Uh, look, I understand both perspectives here. He wants to play, but management also know how injury-prone he is, how big of a guy he is, yeah. and how rare of an asset Zion Williamson is. He's a complete player. He can be a generational talent, but they want to they, they want to keep him healthy. They don't want a Greg Oden situation, yeah. and I don't blame management. All right, next question. 
Alright, you go. That's you. Alright. Um, how should Chelsea fans feel about London-based firm Centuricus? Centricus. Centricus. Completing, competing to purchase the club. Now, um, it's. I think they are scared right now because um, there's been reports that Barcelona have been circling around um, their best defender and one of the best defenders in the world right now, Antonio Rudiger, on a free transfer because his contract is running out and they were negotiating a contract um, in late 2021, way before this thing was happening. Mm-hmm. So... Now, obviously, they they can't give him a contract right now because they can't pay any. They can't pay him. So Barcelona has been circling around him, wanting a free transfer. So I think Chelsea fans are like, buy the club so we can pay this guy, mm. so we can pay, so we can actually do operations. Mm. So I think Chelsea fans are like, get it done. We don't care who it is. Yeah, I, I mean, unless it's another oligarch, then we'll care. Right. Um, I think the idea of a, a UK based situation for Chelsea would be ideal because that takes some of the the heat off the heat off it takes some of the it just takes that brings it back into a a sort of you know home situation where anything goes wrong it's going to happen within the country rather than you know some oligarch yeah and they don't want they don't want trust me now they don't want uh an American owner they already have an American ambassador in Bruce Buck and if anything if there's anything about UK football fans they don't want Americans involved in football, no. and we saw that with the um, with the Super League, the European Super League yeah. situation. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I'm, I'm firmly of the mind that you know I think this is a, a, a small example of you know the the corporatization factor trying to bring it back to the country that's that's managing it rather. Than I mean, there there are teams still are. with um, American base owners who want them out, particularly Arsenal, who have Stan Kroenke owning them, and they the the Gooner fans hate Kroenke. They hate him. They want him out, but he ain't selling because he they make him a lot of profit. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next one. Looking at Happy Birthday, Pat Riley. Happy Birthday. One of the best basketball minds we've ever seen. Yep. Coach the Showtime Lakers to. Five rings and mm-hmm. coached co- your mid your mid nineties Knicks to a One finals final appearance appearance, and yep. a John Starks game that yep. we will never mention and that yep. you will never mention. We'll so mention it till clearly, the end of time. Yeah, of course, clearly a football lifer. Uh, you can consider him a lifer. He's been an executive with the Heat now for several years. He's brought a certain culture. They football lost. lifer. Well, oh, well, well. He's been a football lifer, you said. No, it was, it was, I said you football said lifer. football lifer. Sorry, folks, basketball lifer. Yeah, he's a basketball lifer. That's what he is. So, and he's a great, and he's a, and he pulls strings his own way. Apparently, um, there's was rumors when LeBron was still in his sort of 2010 free agency yep. thing that he and Michael Jordan and Pat Riley all met and they had like lunch together and a couple like a week after that. LeBron said he would stop wearing 23 as soon as possible. Okay. So, Pat Riley knew he had influence, and yeah. he brought LeBron to the heat, and he yeah. exerted every little bit of that. Oh, happy birthday, and one more. Congratulations to Danny Green. 2,500 made threes. I think he passed that, surpassed that. Look, 2,500 of, of anything is a lot. That's a lot. And in the NBA, you consider, we, we look at busts like uh, uh, these guys were bust. They didn't weren't good in the NBA. They still made it to the NBA. 
You know how hard it is to get into D1, let alone oh, NBA? Well. So, but that's another conversation. But Danny Green, but if you put up an amazing stat in the NBA like Danny Green has, yes. that might flow under the radar. Well, it's 2,500 threes, which I think, you know, let's talk about it from the context of the period we're in, where yeah. players are taking and making more threes than, than ever, <laughs> as opposed to, let's say, if it was the same conversation in, let's say, the 80s, you know, even the mid late eighties or even the nineties, the three point was not the deciding factor, but now it is in most games. So the fact that he's gotten there, well, not bad. Congratulations. All right, that is our show for this for this weekend. Yep, um, we are back. Sorry on, for the layoff, but right. we are back on we schedule. Back on schedule. We are going to be here for everything, and we've got a lot more to cover on Monday. So we'll see you then. Bye.